The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Jody, I am totally ready. Let's do it. Awesome. So I'm excited today because we have um, a really cool guest and we're going to be talking about um, graphic arts in a way, right, Liz? Yes, graphic arts, but, you know, times 100 because these are moving graphic arts. So we, our guest today founded a boutique motion graphics agency uh, and works with household names like NHL, NBC Universal, The Maury Show, SAP, Animal Planet. So it's going to be really cool. I'm re- and she's based in New York. But before we introduce Maria, I mean, you know, this is this is the way the world is moving, right? Moving. Yeah. Everything's- <laughs> Everything's about content and like visual content now, right? I mean, just yeah. think about like how even on social media, everyone looks at pictures, not necessarily words. Like Twitter started in words, but now it's like if you post uh, a picture, you get more likes and retweets. So it's so strange. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I was doing a little research about for the show and I figured, you know, let's let's talk a little bit statistically, like how how visuals and images are really impacting marketing. And so I looked on HubSpot, which, you know, listeners, if you have not checked out the HubSpot website, you really should, because there's tons of free resources for your business on there. And and did you know that colored visuals increase people's willingness to read a piece of content by 80%? I mean, that's a, that's a lot, you know? And also, senior marketing executives, so, you know, let's, let's just take this, you know, as you know, maybe not literally, but believe that actually 65% of them believe that visual assets like photos, video, illustrations, infographics are core to how their brand story is communicated. So, I mean, you know, I believe that. I mean, I, I mean, it's like, if you do not have something interesting to click on, you know, you know, actual words is going to get you so far. You really need to grab your audience's attention. So I think people's attention is so much less today than it was even, you know, 10 years ago, because everyone like wants to see it. They want to understand it immediately. It's not like they're, nobody has the attention to actually read anymore. No, I know. And this one I thought was interesting because, you know, we, we both put out a newsletter, Jody, and um, actually Maria does too for, for her, for her company. But, um, you know, using the word video, 
in an email subject line will boost your open rates by 19% and click-through rates by 65% and reduces, you know, unsubscribes by 26% just by putting video in the subject line. So, you know, this is all really important stuff because like we were saying, like people don't have time. There's a lot of white noise. If you're on ESPN on Twitter, it's like, you're just like bombarded. You're bombarded by, you know, all of this information. How do you cut through it? So I don't know. We're going to have to, I'm excited to talk to Maria and let's, let's introduce her. So we're not like just talking about her in third person. How about that? (laughs) <laughs> so Maria Rapatiskaya, please tell me if that was a correct pronunciation of your name, but she is the um, creative leader and architect of Undefined Creative, a boutique motion graphics agency. And we're, she's obviously working with big names who we just mentioned, NFL, NHL, NBC Universal, The Maury Show, Better Homes and Gardens, United Nations. I mean, these are big people, right? Um, and she is a native New Yorker and she lives in Brooklyn and she's traveled a lot, and she's a big, um, she writes for Fast Company, Entrepreneur, Fortune, and and the other thing that I think is really interesting about her studio is, one, she founded it with um, a person that she met in high school, her business partner, and I'd love to get more about that story, and also she gives 300 plus hours a year to doing pro bono work. So without further ado, Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you. So let tell us a little bit about Undefined Creative and um, how it got started, and also how do you guys define motion graphics? So if people are like, "What are motion graphics?" Like, how do you explain it to people? Yeah, so that's a great question. I actually loved the um, art times one hundred because that that is what it is. Motion graphics, and I'll explain this before I jump into anything else because I think this is sort of uh, the critical point about what we do. Um, motion graphics is um, actually uh, started out in broadcast television and uh, in the film industry. And traditionally, it was um, things like show titles and um, network identification animations and, and things of that nature, film titles. And so um, that, in fact, is my background, um, you know, starting in broadcast TV. And then um, with this explosion of social media and everyone needing content, um, motion graphics expanded into, um, you know, terms that people are more familiar with, infographic animations, for example. Um, it's, it basically encompasses everything that is visual design moving. Hmm. So the difference between us and the print folks is we do a lot of the same design process, but then our challenge is we have to make it move and we have to tell um, stories effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the word video, when I first got into this industry, really meant video, like uh, shot video content. Um, it didn't really apply to what I did, which is motion graphics, so broadly. And these days when people say video, the assumption is, well, anything that moves. Um, And so, you know, we specify motion graphics because we want people to know that we do, you know, original content that's um, art-related, that's illustration-related, that's design-related, brand-related, brand-specific, that we're not just limited to things that you can go out there and shoot, but that we actually create ideas from scratch. 
And so mm-hmm. Undefined Creative um, is a motion design agency. Uh, we say agency because we are, um, we're a company that can come up with the ideas from scratch and then take them all the way through execution. But then there's other clients who will already come to us with things on paper and um, concepts that they just need to bring into life. Mm-hmm. And so the company started in 2010. Um, it's actually my second iteration, uh, my first company I had with a partner for about five years, and I call that my trial run. Um, so this is the real thing, and um, it's been about six and a half years now. Uh, we are in New York. Uh, we are a boutique, so uh, we're quite small, um, even even for our industry, especially for the sort of uh, level of clients that we handle. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, you know, we do a lot of work with big brands. The work that we do still ranges from everything that's um, TV-based. So, for example, um, we just did uh, the graphics package for Harry Connick Jr.'s new show, which premiered yesterday, um, so this is timely. Um, and that's all of their on-air branding, everything that they do on um, promoting the show on TV, but then we started from scratch. We started with designing the logo for the show. So, you know, the work that we do really is quite broad. So even though we do a lot of motion, that's primarily what we do. Um, We do get, you know, print projects and, um, you know, mobile banner projects and and things of that nature as well. So Harry Connick now has a show. So how how did you land that gig? So that actually came to us through NBC Universal, and uh, we've been working with them um, actually across both of my companies. They've been a client of mine from about 2005 and on, and they first came to us with um, a package they wanted to do for a pilot they were producing. Um, package is kind of our lingo for a graphics package, and that just means um, branding the show. Right. So when the show comes on, there's an animation of some kind of a logo. There's some graphics that appear throughout the show, just so that when you tune in, you go, oh, okay, I get it. I, I know what I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just established the relationship with them, and we've worked on uh, the Maury show for many years, um, Jerry, as well as Steve Wilkos, a couple of other pilots, um, some of which went places, some of which didn't. Um, it's always kind of a... Yeah, uh, a chance that we take. Um, and then we worked on a Harry pilot last year, and uh, when it got picked up, uh, the producers loved the graphics, and so the job came back to us as an actual project. Wow, that's fantastic. But so how, how, how was it when you were first starting out? How did you land NBC Universal? Because that seems like it's kind of a big fish, and if you're just starting out, um, it would make make me think that you must have connections or you contacted them and it worked. Like, how? what was your, how did you do that? Well, um, I think there's probably many ways of going about that. The way that um, I went about it was basically a lot of dumb luck, honestly. Mm-hmm. I started the company, my first company I started, I was about 26. I had no idea of what I was doing. Um, I was an art school kid who believed that, you know, basically talent is all I need and mm-hmm. talent and hard work and here's my company. I knew nothing about sales. Um, but what helped me tremendously was really just having a good reputation of being someone who is indeed talented and is indeed hardworking and is easy to work with. 
And as my little tiny network of close professional contacts expanded and moved on to other places, um, they would refer me and my company. Um, and so this is a project that came totally on a referral um, with uh, an editor that I worked with for five years. And, uh, you know, they were doing this sort of pilot. Um, there was really little money involved. And he said, hey, you know, I know somebody who will just started her own company and she'll probably be into this. And so they called me. Wow. That's fantastic. And it's obviously paid off big time for you guys. It sounds like. It did. It did. But I'll say 99% of the work that we've gotten um, can be traced back to, you know, someone putting in a good word. So. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. And so do people, I mean, you, you talked about how you, um, do everything from sort of the very beginning to execution. Do you actually come in with concepts for for your clients, or do they sort of say, okay, this is sort of our idea, how can you kind of bring it to life, or is it sort of a mix? It works both ways. Um, It works both ways because we we don't work through agencies generally. Um, Mm -hmm. We work directly with the brands. And so often the brands have their own internal creative teams that are very involved in a specific project. And, uh, you know, it's something that maybe internally they've been working on for months, um, putting a campaign together. And now they realize that the campaign needs some motion graphics work. And so they come to us and they say, hey, this is what we've been working on. And then it's kind of a collaborative process um, to make this thing come to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and at other times, the, same, the very same client actually may come and say, hey, this is the problem we have, and we need a solution. Mm-hmm. And in that case, we'll say, okay, let's you know, sit down and think through ideas and uh, come up with something that works. So, for example, right now we're working on, um, uh, for the NHL, we're doing the Hockey Fights Cancer campaign. And, uh, you know, that's something that came to us with a few years of a track record and an existing brand and look, but they wanted, they wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, they had good ideas, and they said, you know, we really we want to take what we have and keep pushing it further and see, you know, how much more of an emotional connection we can make with um, our fans. And so, you know, a lot of times it happens that way, where we're taking something that already exists and then adding on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to I want to talk more a little bit about this process um, when we come back from break. And we're talking to Maria Rapatskaya from Undefined Creative. So stay tuned. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. 
Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is Maria Rapinskaya from Undefined Creative, a motion graphic uh, boutique agency based in New York. And we were talking to Maria about um, some of the projects she's been working on in the past and, you know, in a lot of big brand names. And so, Maria, we were talking during the break, you know, what goes into a project? And I mean, obviously, they're probably all over the place, you know, depending on the scope. But, you know, how do you decide on the music or, you know, how the visuals are created and, you know, how long does it take? I mean, and it also, I mean, I'm just throwing it all out here, you know, in terms, in, in terms of the social media world, like say you, you got hired to do a campaign for social media, you know, what does that look like? So I think the best way to talk about this would be through kind of a, a quick case study. Um, so I think the one that I feel would be most relevant to this is the campaign we do for the National Hockey League and their partnership with SAP. And it's a predictive analytics-themed campaign. And um, we started on this in the spring of 2015. So we are entering our third year of this contract now. And to talk about sort of the very beginning steps of the process is, um, you know, the job came in and um, it was a contract for about 18 videos that they wanted mm-hmm. to produce for the postseason. So the premise was uh, matchups, right? So there's um, eight, um, then there was four for the quarterfinals, two for the semis, and then the final matchup for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then uh, they have the awards ceremonies um, in June, and they wanted three videos to play uh, sort of around the awards ceremony. So um, with a project like this, right away we said, oh, okay, well, this is kind of a very big scope of work. And Mm -hmm. the big problem with this project and the big problem in social media, period, right, is turnaround times. Mm -hmm. So 
coupled with just a piece of social media, we also have the issue of um, not finding out who the, these, these um, team matchups would even be up until the last minute. Right. So as the season was wrapping up, it was clear that you know some teams would make the cut, some teams won't, but we had no idea of who would be playing who. And so the first step in the process was to say, okay, well, let's define precisely what we're dealing with here. And so we, in conjunction with developing the visual look for this thing, um, we also had to develop all of the sort of possible scripts that would... Um, drive these videos, right? So because we deal in time, scripting is important um, if we're doing any sort of a, a storytelling piece, even if there's no words in the end, even if there's no words on screen in the end, um, we're still talking through a story. So uh, we work together with the team over at NHL to say, okay, well, what exactly are we trying to show here? Um, and we came up with uh, these stat templates um, that our partners over at the NHL, you know, decided on 10 possible stats that they want to show. Um, and the stats would be, you know, how basically the team has been doing throughout the season. Um, a lot of it gets kind of very hockey fan mathematical, <laughs> and you really need to know the game. But part of the challenge was, you know, they wanted these videos to not just play to the really kind of hardcore fans, but, you know, just to your average hockey fan who may even just tune in for the postseason. You know, they may not even be interested in, in hockey until the Stanley Cup playoffs. And so um, our big challenge was to take all of this information and say, okay, well, you know, basically how do we kind of dumb it down and present it visually so that even someone who doesn't know what a points-per-game stat is watches this and goes, oh, okay, I get it. Um, and so the biggest part of the process with something like this was in what we call pre-production, which is when we sat down and really, really worked hard to outline everything that we would need to create. Mm -hmm. um, and so we created these templates that we can then plug in to um, a framework that had an intro and a tag, right, with all the content placed. Um, the intro, the titles would change depending on the video, and then we would take these templates and based on the information we get from the NHL, we would put these videos together. So mm -hmm. simultaneously with all of uh, this, as we were figuring it out on paper, uh, you could say, uh, we were also working on a design. Now, the design had to be something that immediately screamed, okay, this is the NHL SAP video that you're watching. Um, and it had to be cool and it had to be engaging. It couldn't be too complicated because, um, you know, this was, for social, so the idea was someone's going to watch it in their Facebook feed really small so it can't have too much detail and um, everything mm -hmm. sort of has to be big and bold and in your face. Um, and then it also had to be something that we can adapt really quickly, um, especially in that, during that first season because, you know, the idea was, okay, if we figure this out right, this is all going to work. And when the stats, the final stats come in, and we have 24 hours to turn around eight of these videos, and every one of them was about two and a half to three minutes long. Wow. Um, and that was our first round of doing this project. And we said, okay, if we got everything right, <laughs> then this is going to work. 
But at the same time, we had to come up with a design that would be flexible enough to where if something we thought would work didn't for whatever reason, we can jump in and fix it kind of in the nick of time. Um, and so as we worked on this, we probably had about a month and a half um, of production before, you know, this uh, launch. Um, and, um, you know, we got probably about 40 or 50 music tracks collected and pre-approved so that we could just sort of pick one and plug it in. All of the sound design was done beforehand. Um, and so there, there was just a whole big, um, just giant um, pre-production process that made this successful. Um, I've actually just uh, recently wrote an article called uh, Fast, Cheap, and Awesome, and it talks about um, just this importance of pre-production when you're pumping out social content and you're trying to make it relevant and quick. Um, how do you do it in a way that actually doesn't sacrifice production quality and, you know, things still look great? And, you know, really the answer is you think it through before you start, which is exactly yeah, so, what we did. So this was, like, pretty stressful for me to just hear about all that stuff that you had <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I know that, like, you're an expert at this and, like, obviously you have the skill set and this technical background, so you know what you're doing. But when I hear about this all for, like, a two-minute video, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, like, I just clicked on it and there it went. Wow. wow. <laughs> well, the other part of my, my Faz Good and Awesome article was, um, you know, you really need people who have a lot of experience to, to do this yeah. stuff. And I think these days when people think about creating content for social media, they think about, you know, a recent graduate with a, a $200 camera who's going to go out and shoot some stuff and, um, you know, it's going to cost them very little and it'll be great and they'll just drop it in. And I think that's kind of like a lot of the um, prevalent, unfortunately, attitude about creating content for social. Right. Um, this kind of like down and dirty DIY sort of thing. And it works for some things, um, but, but generally speaking, production quality always stands out, and it, it really does, um, it makes your brand look legit, and I think especially if you're a smaller business, having very polished-looking, well-designed content, um, that's sort of the smoke and mirrors that makes you look much grander and bigger than you are. Right. So it's not just millennials that are making social media content. You really need to have some expertise yeah. and experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my question was when you were talking about this, and I thought what Jenny said was funny, but, you know, were you actually drawing out e each piece of the video? Because I know when people do illustrate, I don't actually know how people do illustrations, but I know in the past, like, you know, every single movement has right. been drawn out and I'm just curious did you do that on paper or is everything over um, in technology now? Well, you asked that. My background is actually in traditional animation which is what you're talking about uh, yeah. which is the sort of old school analog way of um, yeah. yes, having to draw out every single frame. Um, fortunately um, we no longer do that. Okay. Um, so <laughs> what we do is we set up what are called the keyframes, which basically says, okay, um, so this element starts here, and then across 
you know, uh, two seconds, it winds up here and changes color and changes size and does something on the way. And then mm-hmm. the computer figures out, or, you know, the technical term is interpolates um, everything in between. Wow. What, so is there a specific program you're using for this? Yeah, so um, generally what we do is um, we use a lot of the Creative Suite um, from Adobe, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of our animation is done in After Effects, which is a, it's primarily a 2D um, animation software. Okay. And then when we do actual 3D work, like 3D rendering world, uh, worlds, uh, we use a piece of software called Cinema 4D. And those are our two sort of go-to studio programs. So, so let's finish up the story. Like, did, how, did, how did the NHL and SAP, res, you know, respond to your videos? Did they like it, or what was, well, the, what was the feedback? Well, um, we just signed the third season contract. Ooh, yes. <laughs> so that's, that's the short answer. Um, <laughs> we wound up actually submitting these, um, the campaign for uh, some awards last year and this year, and uh, we nailed some of them, which was wonderful. So, yeah, you know, just the great. overall response um, has been Really, really positive. I know that um, obviously NHL won't release the details on sort of the engagement numbers, but from what we've been shown, um, it's been really successful. And, you know, we see it too because we know that the moment the video leaves here, it's up on Facebook, and uh, Kathy, my EP, she'll, she'll email me and say, hey, it's, you know, 90,000 views so far, and, you wow. know, three hours. Yeah. Yeah, so you can really see that too. So that's that's great. That must be feel so satisfying to be able to put that it out is. and see the immediate reaction to pe- from people. It really is because coming from the world of TV, when you never really knew who was watching, yeah, you just kind of assumed, you know, if the show was well rated, someone saw it. But um, seeing the sort of immediate gratification of engagement is uh, is really cool. And then you know you read the comments, and the comments have nothing to do with. Like, the videos themselves, it's all basically just, you know, fans, you right. know, supporting or battling it out. And it, it, it's all quite humorous. Right. Well, and that's what the NHL wants, probably, is people absolutely. engaging and, like, talking about their teams and their players and all of it. So Oh, absolutely. That's great. Yeah, that's great. So when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation um, with Maria from Undefined Creative. And we're going to talk about you met her partner, um, Kathy, and how they got started and also dip a little bit into the financial underwear drawer of Undefined Creative and, you know, Jody's uh, CPA. So she loves to, to ask fun financial questions. <laughs> so, yeah, stay tuned. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, 
Visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 7790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, and I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold, and we are talking to Maria Rapiskaya. And I have to first give a shout out to Avalara, um, one of our sponsors, and they do sales tax. But um, we're now into my favorite part, which is the financial underwear drawer. And we're going to get a little bit uh, personal in Maria's business and find out a little bit more about the detail of her business. So I'm going to start with a a question and, um, you know, feel free to answer as you may, Maria. But how are you organized as a business? So, like, are you a partnership? Are you a sole proprietor? Are you, you know, a corp? Mm -hmm. So I'm an F-corp. Okay. Um, and the reason I chose the structure was um, for really no other than the advice of my accountant, um, who nice. said, this is what you do. Um, I said, great, you know better, I trust you. Um, and so we have two full-time employees um, and a nurse me. Okay. And so it sounds like you mentioned your accountant, so you have a pretty good relationship with your accountant right now? Yeah, so he, he's actually, he was uh, with me since my first company, and um, again, you know, this is the power of recommendation. Um, I, my ex-business uh, partner and I, we wanted someone who was in this business, and so we asked around, and he was an accountant for a very large uh, production facility that does what we do, and then some on a much, much, much grander uh, scale, and we said, all right, well, if he could do it for those guys, he could do it for us. That's awesome. And so you've had a long-term relationship with him. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been with me through, through thick and thin. 
So I love that because I think too many entrepreneurs don't think about the valuable professionals and what the, the insight that they can give um, to the small business owners. So is there um, an example maybe of a, of a question that you went to him with and that he maybe guided you along a decision? It might not have been cut and dried, but maybe he helped you through it. I go to him with everything, honestly, um, because I am an S-Corp and because, as you know, with an S-Corp, my business taxes and my personal taxes, everything is sort of like commingled. Um, And so, you know, my finances are never really cut and dry and my personal decisions are going to affect my tax outlook for the year. Um, So, I mean, literally anything from... Um, you know, parting ways with a significant other to purchasing an apartment to, you know, I'm uh, actually getting married in a month to immediately oh. saying, hey, by the way, so you know. <laughs> you Congratulations. Know? Yeah, so I love this because I love that you had this long-term relationship with a professional, and I think there are so many small business owners that haven't found that person yet. So when I hear it go right, and I know there's lots of phenomenal accountants out there. Like I love hearing like the value that um, the accounting professional brings to your business because I think oh, yeah. so sometimes people don't get that value. Well, the amount of hours I would waste on just re-explaining the last ten years of my finances and you know sort of like my big picture to someone new, I I wouldn't even know where to begin. Wow. So, no, that's awesome. So, okay, so I have another question. I've been really thinking about these questions for you. Um, so one of the things is is you work with a lot of big companies, yet you're a very small company. How has that been from a cash flow perspective in invoicing and getting paid on time? Because I know that that's a pretty yeah. big problem for small businesses who work with big companies. So um, I think that's a two-part question. I think um, there's the how our clients deal with us, and then the second part of that is how we run our business internally. Um, So on the client side, you know, we generally do a 50% deposit, and so even if they take more than 30 days to pay on that, um, you know, we're not waiting for the entire sum to come at the very end of a job. So I'm going to interrupt you here for a moment. So did somebody teach you how to do that or what made you actually go back to the client and stand up for yourself and say, hey, we're small and we need to get paid up front a little bit? Life. Life. That's the short <laughs> yeah. question. Um, I started, you know, both of my companies with zero um, investment. It was basically, I, you know, I'm not taking out loans. I'm not um, taking investment money. I am going to do this. Um, with my own cash flow, and I'm going to manage my books and my expenses in a way that, um, you know, reflects what I'm making, basically. Um, And so we're a company that's always trying to operate below our means, frankly, um, and keep everything from staff expenses to every last bit of overhead as low as we possibly can. And so that's that's the us part that we do, you know, we're very cautious um, of our books and of where we are. Um, you know, there's, there's been times where I've had to kind of drop in, um, you know, my cash to um, cover for a short-term um, cash flow problem, but it's, I mean, I think it's been maybe once or twice in six years for like a very short term. Um, and then and as far as, you know, billing clients, 
Um, for one, and we haven't been burnt a lot, but we've definitely been burnt a couple of times where um, company either went bankrupt as we were working with them or, you know, they just never paid. Um, and so, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Um, at a certain point, I said, you know what, we're going to start taking deposits, especially if it's a new client we haven't worked with. Um, and then the other issues, because our jobs can, you know, can take so long, like, for example, this SAP um, contract, it's a nine-month-long sort of a retainer. And so if we wait until next June when we're all done to bill that, uh, we'll be very happy in August when the big check rolls in. Uh, but this entire time is just going to be massively stressful. So depending on the scope of the project, the turnaround time of the project, you know, um, the, the basic standard formula is 50 up front, 50 at completion. Um, but obviously, you know, there are exceptions to the rule. Sometimes if it's a client that we know very well and the job is on a crazy tight turnaround, uh, we'll bill them after the fact. There are some clients who we just know pay wonderfully, so we bill them on completion because their turnaround times are so quick anyway, it almost doesn't matter. Um, and then with these really long stretches of jobs, um, we'll, as part of the estimate, we'll say, okay, so the payment terms are going to be 25% up front, 25% on the such and such date, then another 25 and then 25 at completion. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been in the situation where you've actually said no to work because you know that they couldn't meet your payment terms and you were okay with that? Um, I have definitely been in situations where I've said no to work. Um, I don't know that it was because they couldn't do the payment terms. Um, I've they certainly said no to work right. that I thought was well below budget um, and with very unreasonable expectations, and I just didn't want to even open up that can of worms. Um, I've said no to work when people required free labor in order for me to sort of qualify to be a runner for the project. Um, I've, you know, that's our policy is don't come to us asking us to do anything for free on spec um, unless we have a very well-established relationship with you and we know you and we've worked with you in the past and um, that's the only way that, you know, I would ever agree to uh, work on spec. Um, and, you know, I've definitely turned down jobs where, you know, you do one phone call with a person and you hang up and you say, oh, well, that's not going to be pleasant to work with. No, so I love all these responses because I think they're really good responses to hear for other small business owners to hear that, um, that you know, you kind of have to hold your own ground as to what's important to you and what's important. You, you really do. I mean, it's. And I think, you know, the, the truth of it is, is it's not something that you just wake up one day and decide. Um, I've been running a business for almost, almost 12 years now since, you know, I sort of left the full-time world and started my own thing. So, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound like I woke up overnight and said, yes, I'm going to stand up for myself and I will, you know, never take anything from anybody again and, like, that's it. Like, that's that would be a total lie. Um, it was a gradual process where at a certain point you say, you know what, I've proven myself enough, and I know that we work that we do is valuable and awesome, and it's worth what we charge for it and probably more. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, as your sort of confidence in your business grows, 
your your ability to stand up for yourself should grow proportionally. Yeah. No, I mean, I love all those answers because I, I do think so many small business owners, um, you know, they're trying to pay their rent and yet sometimes they get engaged in, in work that doesn't help them or help their business at all just because they're afraid nothing better is going to come along. And yet any small business owner who's been around the block for a little bit realizes that it's a process and that, you know, the the better you get or the, the more confident you get, um, the better it is. And that sometimes when you're doing work, it's taking up capacity and you're not even getting paid for it. So sometimes, yeah. you know, it's really important to say no to that work because if you only have like three people such as yourself, you know, like someone has to do the work too. So, you know, you don't want to waste your resources doing work that's unprofitable or not good for your business. So, so that, that's been just awesome. So um, we have to take another break, but stay tuned when we come back and we will, um, we will ask more questions of Maria and her um, motion graphics company. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm with Jody Padar. And our guest today is Maria Rapisiskaya from Undefined Creative, a motion graphics boutique agency in New York. We've been, we just dipped into her financial underwear drawer. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, as a small company, because it's you and two other people, you really make it a priority to um, take on pro bono work, like 300 plus hours a year, which is pretty significant. So how do you do that? Like, how does that work into your business model? And, you know, why did you decide that that was important for you? So the way I decided that was important for me started with kind of a, a personal crisis in my 20s where I looked around and said, what am I doing with my life? This is fun, but really... I'm doing advertising and and television, and, um, you know, I just kind of would have loved to have thought that I'd contribute something of, you know, kind of social relevance. And so after pondering career changes, um, I just said, you know, that's pretty stupid. There's got to be a better way for me to give back to, you know, the society, to communities, and... um, So eventually, through that sort of soul-searching and also the explosion of um, broadband and video online, so the the confluence of events, um, I came up uh, with this idea that the best way for me to do that is to do awareness videos for nonprofits. Um, Mm. It actually started when I was teaching a class at NYU, and I was teaching a motion graphics class, and I needed a final project idea for these kids. And I said, well, instead of them doing something utterly self-indulgent, why don't I put them in touch with a nonprofit, and I'll sort of organize this, and they'll have a nonprofit client, and they can do a piece like that for a nonprofit. And wow. so that was kind of the, the, the seed from which this started. And I said, well, this is great. I should do this, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, we started running internships as well. And so when we run an internship, it would be um, a student that's paired with a nonprofit client, and I act as a creative director, and then Kathy will act as a producer, and um, it's kind of a real-world experience for them. Um, and then oftentimes I'll pick up a project on my own. Um, when we're slow, you know, we'll do a project, um, you know, between me and one of our full-time people, or one, even sometimes our freelance artists will jump on it. Um, and so, you know, because, I mean, 300 hours sounds, like, incredibly long, but when you consider that it can take between like 40 to 80 to 100 hours to produce one of these videos, especially if we're really creatively involved in it and are really just trying to play around and have fun and, you know, um, stretch our sort of creative muscles on something that is out of the aesthetic of um, our client work, which is often how we choose projects. Um, so, you know, that's really, that's like three, three awareness pieces a year and you have 300 hours. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of nonprofits have you paired up with? So we, uh, the first project I did personally was actually for the um, Equator Initiative for the United Nations. And they were doing a, a, the big award ceremony here in New York, and uh, they needed a lot of event graphics for the big screens to announce the show, to announce the, the winners, the nominees. Um, and so that was the first one. And then um, now uh, we try to find nonprofits either through Taproot or Catch a Fire, sometimes um, through, like, personal connections. So we generally try to find um, 
smaller nonprofits who we know can't afford services like ours, mm-hmm. right? So, like, mm-hmm. people like Rainforest Alliance, they're doing wonderful work out there, but they also have, you know, millions of, of donors, and, um, you know, that's, that's not our cup of tea. So we really right. try to identify groups who are trying to do something super good, super positive. We see that they can make a difference, and, um, you know, they they really do need this piece because also what happens is a lot of times um, nonprofits think they need something like this, but then you start talking to them and it's like, well, what exactly are you trying to say? You know? Right. <laughs> like you're not right. ready. <laughs> right. Go back, figure out why you need this piece and what the use is and what the story is and who you're telling it to, and right. then come back and let's talk. So the messaging is really, really important in, yeah. in being able to create something like you create. So, so I know you're. You know, we help. We help steer that, of course, and we write yeah. the scripts here. Yeah. But you know, you you need to know why you're doing this. Right. No. That. I mean. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you also you have a new project going on, which is a consulting platform um, called Define Your Path. You want to? I know that just launched. Was it this month? So um, yeah. So tell us more about that. So Define Your Path actually also like everything you know once you trace back the origins of something. Um, it actually started um, a few years ago when I began to do a lot of speaking and writing and mentoring and sort of got involved in this um, kind of creative entrepreneurial uh, leadership kind of uh, role um, because I said, you know, I've made so many mistakes. Somebody really ought to learn from them. Like, it would be a shame to keep <laughs> all of my mistakes and, and trials and challenges to myself and also everything that I kind of picked up and learned along the way. So um, I started doing a lot of articles and, you know, talks, and then I said, you know, there, there, somehow this all needs to come together. And um, our company page was beginning to just get overwhelmed with links to all the articles, and I said, well, this isn't really what, what Undefined Creative is about. This is kind of my side project. And I said, you know, um, I should build a portal that really just contains all of these um, you know, all of this writing, and then I can just kind of do blog posts when I have smaller ideas that I, you know, don't care to, like, uh, publish big. Um, and then, you know, every time I wrote an article, inadvertently I would get, like, three or four emails of just people who were like, I need help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would have specific questions, and I thought, you know, there are just so many people out there who don't have good mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in New York, and I'm, you know, kind of in the hub of creative um, here and entrepreneurship, obviously. And even I myself, um, I never really had a, a good mentor because, A, I had no idea I really ought to get one. And, um, you know, I also really didn't know where to look. And, you know, you kind of, like, how do you approach somebody with, like, questions about your business and sort of, like, ask them to take the time with you, it gets a little weird, you know. So there are people who are very comfortable with that, but then there are other people who are like, oh, my God, I wish I could just pick up the phone once in a while and call someone and talk about this. So is that that what the new platform is? Because we actually, I just want people to be able to get in touch with you because we are actually almost out of time, and I want people to be able to Ah, know how to get in touch with you. Yeah, so defineyourpath.co, because, of course, .com was taken, Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody who, you know, has questions and, you know, kind of wants um, a one-on-one consulting um, session, all the information is on there um, about how I work, who I work with, 
awesome. uh, why anyone should work with me. Um, and then, uh, of course, for any sort of creative projects, undefinedcreative.com is the studio site. So depending on the reason uh, why people would want to get in touch with me, those would be the, the two possible paths to take. Awesome. Thank you so much, Maria, for being on our show today. Um, next week, Jody's going to be live at St. Mary's College talking to some business students, so it's going to be really exciting. And you can always find us on iTunes. Let's Get Radical. We're on Facebook, and you can always give us an email at Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Thank you so much, Maria, for being on our show, and we will talk to you all next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot